Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We bring in now Alex Marvez. You can find him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. He hosts a show on Sirius XM. Alex, uh, what's going to happen with the NFL anthem controversy now? Um, Because now we're through Memorial Day. The story is kind of, I think, dead for a while, although who knows exactly um, what do you think transpires over the next couple of months, if anything? Okay, so this is the story we weren't going to talk about anymore last week, right? That you said yeah. you burned out on and that there's really nowhere else to go but with But, I it. mean, frankly, what else is there to talk about in the NFL? Well, I mean, we got a couple things going on with, you know, the Tom Brady situation. We got Des Bryant looking for a home. But nonetheless, I will, I'm happy to answer this. Clay, I can't answer until there's an actual rule in place about what's going on here. The NFLPA has nothing to grieve. There's nothing in a rule book. What happened last week was that, and Roger Goodell saying that there was a vote, and then Seth Wickersham of ESPN, who basically lives inside that meeting room that the, that the NFL owners are in, saying that, no, there was never even a vote taken. And it wasn't even unanimous if there was, because, you know, Mark Davis abstained from the vote. So until there's something that says, okay, what is what constitutes, by the way, you know, uh, and unprofessional behavior or not respecting the flag if you're not standing on the field? If I have my arm raised, is that disrespectful? If we all lock arms and sway back and forth like they did last season, is that now suddenly illegal? Nobody even knows. So the NFLPA can't even say to, to an arbitrator, well, this is wrong, and, and it's violating the collective bargaining agreement because the NFL hasn't put anything down on paper. I don't even know how this idea was thought out, Clay. I'm still looking for the first person that thinks this was a good idea. 
you know, to have this happen. I mean, look, I mean, you know, the way that they presented it, I guess the, the positive thing is that it's upset all parties equally. And no one's happy. Nobody wins off this. What a terrible decision by the league. If the league could go back in time, uh, we talked about this on Friday's show. Nobody at the time talked about Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf as this hero of America when he decided not to stand for the national anthem in the NBA. It was almost identical to Colin Kaepernick. David Stern at the time came out immediately and fined Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf and said he was not able to uh, to play, right? said he was not able to play until he started to stand for the national anthem. So the NBA both suspended and refused to find and refused to allow a guy who didn't wouldn't stand for the national anthem to play in the league. And as a result, as a result, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf's his uh his not standing for the national anthem in the NBA immediately died. Do you think if he could go back in time Roger Goodell would just start to find uh, Colin Kaepernick substantial sums of money and established right from the get-go the NFL doesn't agree with this decision if you're going to do it you're going to get fined a lot of money well that's a powder keg too because you know the one thing you wonder is okay are all of his teammates going to walk out with him you know and you have to ask yourself that question and then how you know how does it come when it, how does it look when it comes to race relations among the NFL and its players 70% or more it's more than 70% are african american many of whom unfortunately don't have very good views of the police and and things like that so i'm not you know listen and Roger Goodell had his chances by the way I mean, this wasn't anything new. When I asked Troy Vincent at the owners' meetings in March of 2017, did y'all spend any time talking about the anthem and, and you know, what could potentially well, they, happen? There's, there's zero doubt they hoped it would just go away. I mean, I, don't, I think Roger Goodell's response was, we're just going to wait this out and it's going to go away. That was, his, that was his philosophy, I think, right. from the moment it began. But it hasn't. And three years later, I think there's zero doubt to, from anybody at this point to argue that it hasn't hurt the NFL. And so, whereas Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the NBA have had no real controversy associated with this at all, it's only the NFL where it's been unable to actually, you know, stop being a story. Yeah, and Clay, I wonder too, are we talking different fan bases here in terms of lenience from NBA fans, in terms of lenience from NFL fans? And the NBA doesn't do what the NFL does. The NFL wraps itself in the flag, right? and all of the advertising dollars that go into it, the relationship that they have, the CEO tours, things like this. I wonder, too, I mean, and by the way, you go back to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, think about if we had the Twitter atmosphere at that time, the Internet, all of the hot takes that are just flying everywhere, and what would have happened with that? It could have been a very different yeah, deal. Yeah, it's a good there. point. My argument there is that brands need to spend a lot less attention worried about what people say say on social media because I think that the vast majority of reasonable people don't spend all day on social uh, social media perpetually outraged from one thing to the next. I think that's just a way that people entertain themselves is by being perpetually outraged on the internet <laughs> about things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So I do agree that the media environment would have been different, but I think you know this. Like There are a lot of people who make a living off of writing media outrage stories on the internet, right? And I'm not okay. saying like I have this opinion and I agree or disagree. I'm saying there are tons of people who say basically, oh, 
X happened and then people on Twitter weren't happy, right? And that's legitimately the headline. Like Twitter outrage on, you know, it's not your opinion of something. It's using Twitter opinion as a way to write about a story that otherwise might not have been written about at all. It's always seemed like a uh, a real kind of, I think it's a strange journalistic wormhole to go down. Your opinion, okay, but if you're a news person, I'm not sure that somebody being upset on Twitter is a news hook that should justify you being able to write an entire story on it. Isn't it amazing? And then they have the, the, they pull out the quotes, the tweets from people. Yes, random you know? people, <laughs> oftentimes anonymous. Like, oh, so and so, who's not even a real person, said this on Twitter, and it, and it's like, it, I mean, these are big media organizations that do it. I mean, if I wanted to have a random person's opinion at least go out on the street and find a random real person as opposed to seeing somebody on the internet who might not even be real. And I also think too, a lot of the coverage of this have, you know, when people go to, to the traditional sports bar, are they going to, you know, places, you know, African-American sports bars? Are they going into real communities? Are they just picking certain spots that, you know, are, are just, you know, skewed a certain way, uh, you know, to maybe get perspective there? I mean, that's that's another thing as well. I mean, but, but when it comes to the anthem, the league is in way over their head. And I think part of this is, as I've said before here, it really is Jerry Jones who doesn't care what the outside world think. It's about him and some of his owners grabbing the power back from Roger Goodell and saying that we're going to make decisions as a franchise because you can't handle it as a – as a guy running our league, and we'll make our own decisions. And we'll go ahead and we'll give each team, we'll give $3 million to promote some sort of social media initiative that, you know, that's supposed to be going on. So, you know, social causes, things like this. And, you know, we'll, and the next day, as you notice, the NFL announced a new program with the military uh, that they're going to be doing to, uh, to honor some soldiers and help raise some funds and things like that. So, I mean, the league's in it, but, it, but this is, again, I think it's as much as anything it is talking about a power play, uh, getting the power away from Roger Goodell and also trying to appease President Trump to a certain extent. And let's not forget Jerry Jones, the guy who's banging the drum the loudest about this. You can go back and look at the photo of him sitting with Elizabeth Taylor, sitting during the national anthem when it was played when he first became Cowboys owner. They were both on a couch. All right, let's uh, let's go to uh, this report. I'm not even going to name the guy because I, I think he is, uh, I think he may be the worst person on Twitter. Uh, wow. a race baiting loser. I mean, I mean this honestly. I think that if Twitter were actually actively policing the people who say things on their site, that he shouldn't be able to post on Twitter. That's how bad I think this guy is. But he reported uh, that 25% of the league may sit out. Is there any possibility at all that more than one or two players, period, are really willing to sit out over Colin Kaepernick and Ed, and uh, and uh, Reed, the safety from the 49ers? Right. I won't mention Sean King of the New York Daily News' name. I'll just keep it quiet. We'll I don't think he clear. works at the New York Daily News anymore. I think they even fired him. Wow. 25% of the players. Think, think about how ridiculous that is. These guys couldn't even get together to do a work stoppage right You know, when it came to the 2011 season and guys walking away. Look, players have to take care of themselves, and they may love Colin Kaepernick and what he stands for, but how many guys are truly going to walk away from a game check? You get 17 of them each regular season. That's it. That's your money for the year. You're not going to make that money back down the road. So I just really see that. And then you think about team chemistry, too, and how that affects things. You know, you're walking out for Colin Kaepernick. I never played with a guy. You know what I mean? Most of the players in the NFL think of it like that. There's simply no good way to organize this. And the other thing, too, is what, what I wonder is at what point do the team leaders start to get together and address how are we going to handle the national anthem? On the positive side for them, look, at least it's May. The right guys are able to talk about this. How are we going to handle things moving ahead? But, you know, Clay, as we know, things change. 
you know, police incidents happen that spur some sort of protest. You go back to the Vietnam War, and you think about what happened there, and then you had player protests that were involved there. One guy, you know, similar to Colin Kaepernick, pretty much got blackballed from playing in the league because of his anti-war stance when it came to Vietnam. So I, I just think this one this, it's just going to continue on and on because there's just going to be something each week that's quirky. Why one week is a player in the locker room during the anthem and not out the next? Are we really expecting all 53 guys to come out? By the way, what if 53 guys decide not to come out? And decide it's just not worth it. We're not going to play part of this part of this game here from the NFL. So you have one team that has 53 players out, another team that doesn't. Uh, it's just it's again it's it's left itself so open right now to interpretation as to how all of this is going to work that that is difficult to provide answers. I just don't think that the really NFL even really has any, or this was a well thought out policy. We've got Alex Marvez on with us now. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Outkick. I talk to a lot of people in the world of television. I was told by people who would know that the NFL television partners, ESPN, CBS, uh, NBC, and uh, and Fox, all all the places that air games, missed their budgets by over $600 million because ratings for NFL games were down so substantially in the regular season and in the playoffs. And that as a result, they had to give hundreds of millions of dollars back in free ads to all the advertisers that had bought ads during the NFL games. I'm very confident in that. Those numbers, they're not talked about a lot. But I've got this question for you. Players, I think, have forgotten that ultimately their salaries come from fans. Everybody out there listening to me right now who is a football fan and watches the NFL they are the ones who get the players paid. Players have these multi-year uh, association and ownership uh, agreements because the television deals are locked in for years ahead. But players get 40%, 47%, I think, however you want to define the revenue that's produced. Player salaries are 47% of overall league revenues. In other words, players and owners are in bed together. They are both incentivized to grow this pie. How many guys out there do you think really understand that aspect of their job in terms of where the salary is coming from? And then also understand that at some point, if the league is not sound, their salary could go down. And I think that's an important point here because I think a lot of guys in theory might say, oh yeah, I care about Colin Kaepernick or I care about uh, making sure that Eric Reed is employed, stuff like that. But I think when push comes to shove, it's one thing to take 20% less money for your own political opinions. How many people out there right now listening to us would take 20% less money so that somebody they work with could share their political opinions. In other words, I think most people would just say, like right now, if you told me you can never mention Donald Trump again on your radio show. But if you do, you will lose 25% of your overall revenue for this show. I would never mention Donald Trump again. Right, and I would, I would, I would tell every listener. I mean, every radio show guest coming on. If you miss, if you mention Donald Trump, I'll never have you on the show again. And that's because I would care so much about the revenue of this show that I wouldn't touch that subject. How come nobody really kind of dives into that from the player perspective? Because the players are in bed with the owners here, and we've gotten used to this era of salaries always going up. What happens if the salaries go down? Well, that's touchy. And, you know, again, too, you wonder about, and I don't want to say cooking the books, but shifting money around 
in different ways. And the NFL Players Association has done that before uh, when it came to a certain incentive package for uh, you know, performance-based pay. And players one year had to wait to get their performance-based pay because there was a salary cap mechanism they were trying to get the cap to rise. So players had to sit and wait a year till they got the, this incentive money that they have. So there's things that you can do to juice the cap. But I don't, I don't know how many players really have knowledge. First, you know, too, the, the thing is we had eight guys in the NFL essentially eight players at this point that were still doing some form of social protest, right? That's what is, that, and to, to think about eight guys that have driven this, and they're not even like hugely star players. I mean, Eric Reed is a guy. You know what I mean? I hate to say it like that, but he's, he's your average NFL player. And very few guys that have really been disruptive about it, Colin Kaepernick obviously being the big lightning rod, but I think, too, take a look at the players' union leadership. How many star players do you really have in position of power? I mean, Richard Sherman is the biggest name that's involved. I think, you know, Russell Okung might be involved, but how many guys, you know, do they have, like with the NFLPA or an NBA Players Association, you know, LeBron James has a pretty big role in all that, right? What about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? Anyone t- talk to these guys about you're going to get involved in the union and you're going to take a, a big-time role in trying to lead this group of 1,500-plus active players, 1,900 overall, each season moving ahead? No. You know, it just it's just not how it is. So I, I think a lot of players don't understand that the more – I think some get it, and that's why they haven't continued with it. Uh, you know, and they understand, hey, look, these are fans. And, look, not everyone feels the way that, of the social protesters. There are those that, that's – there are players in NFL locker rooms that support President Trump. There are players that have different political agendas. It's 53 guys from 53 different walks of life. They may not feel the same way about the national anthem and using it as a way to try to get a point across. So, I mean, it's, it's just a, – it's a divisive issue. And I'll tell you what, and you mentioned President Trump. He's found a great way to play this thing like a fiddle, play the league like a fiddle. He couldn't buy an NFL team, but I tell you what, he truly does own the league in a lot of ways. Well said. Alex Marvez will talk to you next week. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Guy who's always confident, Petros Papadakis at Petros and Money, uh, 570 a.m. L.A. Sports. Did I get that right or did I screw it up again? Um, Petros, last night. Well, what am I supposed to say? A.M. 570 L.A. Sports. Has anybody thought that maybe it sounds better to say 570 AM LA Sports like I do? No. no I think it's it better. Doesn't. Yeah. AM 570 the- LA Sports and then if you really are hardcore with a with good hair and and 500,000 plus Twitter followers, you might add <laughs> your home of the Dodgers. Uh home of the Dodgers indeed. Did you dodge out watching game 7 last night since it was going head to head with The Bachelorette? I am so pissed off, Clay, because the NBA, after my big dissertation to you last week, and I think the one uh, before that about there being no competition in the NBA and not being interested if the Warriors are going to win the next five titles, there was just enough parody to suck me in and then destroy everything and just watch the same thing happen every year. LeBron wins. He's a hero to the people and he does it all himself and he walks on water and he kind of does. And the Warriors can't be stopped and they can't be doubted. And it sucks. And now it's going to be a sweep and I can't take it. So do you believe that LeBron is legitimately in play to join the Lakers? I think that it's a legitimate thought because of his life in Los Angeles, I think that the Lakers don't think that he's coming. And and so, by the way, were you pouring coffee there in the background? 
No, I was pouring water for my daughter in a Minnie Mouse cup because somehow she just woke up at five in the morning and oh, started that's screaming ne- that it's morning. She's upsetting my wife. Uh, I've run in there five or six times. I'm stark naked. I'm trying to do the radio interview and appease this two-year-old who is the most demanding two-year-old that ever lived. So right now, I think, much like I'm going behind enemy lines, I'm going in her room with the water that you that she demanded. So yeah, she no, might this start is yelling at me. No, no, no. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued on, by this. All right, let's water. see how it goes. Here's your water. Kiss and a hug. Are you gonna go to bed? All right, good to go to bed. I love you. All right. This is, by the way, I feel like every parent out there, I almost 100% of our guests, because obviously people are starting off their day, and thank you, Petros, by the way, for getting up early with us out in L.A. People are all starting off their day, and I feel like almost if we have a guest on more than one time, almost 100% of them, one, have kids, and two, at some point, we'll have a kid-related interruption going on during the course of the actual uh, interview. Yeah, but you'll never go out like that guy on the BBC when he was talking about. Oh, that was amazing. The Scottish secession or whatever the hell. No, it was like it was like the North. It was something serious. It was like North and South Korean potential war, and then his kid comes in the background, like dancing around. Two of them. And yeah, oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, she was like an Asian lady or something. And everybody yes. was like, you know, what's with the nanny? And he was like, that's my wife. <laughs> yeah. It was no, it was it was uh, it was spectacular on pretty much every level. You could break it down. Um, I was asking this question earlier. The anthem thing, like okay. the NFL anthem. I know you it's your favorite thing from, to talk about. No, are you moving on but, from the NBA. Uh, well, I mean, is there anything else you think is amazing? I mean, like, I think I'm with you. I think that the Warriors are going to win in four or five games. I think the storyline is going to immediately shift to where is LeBron going to play next? And yeah. I feel like I'm going to talk about that every day for a month. So is there anything else uh, to you that jumped out? The only oh, I was going to ask you this. Yeah. Is that it's, it's, I would rather have the where's LeBron going to go, which we've already done. This is Twice. the third time in yes. our lives that we've gone through this charade. And I'd rather do that than who's the best of all time talk. Oh. That is the most mind-numbing crap, unprovable you and I, BS. You and I are in agreement there. That's the worst thing to me about people are like, oh, it's so great, LeBron. I, I would have liked to have seen the Celtics win only to avoid six hours on FS1 and ESPN every day for two more weeks of LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. We did, like, what we're going to do on this show is continue to have debates. Like, we'll probably have one tomorrow and Wednesday, like, uh, not Jordan versus LeBron, but we did peanut butter versus jelly. Which one is more important for the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Peanut butter, Uh, obviously. Well, it's jelly, but you're wrong. But I understand that sometimes you're wrong. Uh, and then what did we That's also do? You're racist. George yes. Washington Carver invented peanut butter, and he's <laughs> That's a black right. man. Clearly, That's exactly. Like, Clearly, it's like a racist. Four billion ways to use the peanut by George Washington Carver. And then we also did um, uh, which of the princesses do you think is better looking, Meghan Markle, the new one who just married Prince Harry, or Princess uh, Kate who married William? Well, I'm always going to go with the fatter girl. But that's, uh, you know, the who's hot. You lose me with the who's hotter talk. But anyway. Yeah, well, it's just princesses. I mean, you could be who's more dreamy. 
uh, uh, on the princess. Have we had any others? Uh, the guys can let me know if we've had any others out there. I, I we got, I've got funny. a list there's of four. Ariel. There's Snow White. There's Sleeping Beauty. Oh well, I there's mean, there's Jasmine. no doubt that's a, the Disney princesses. Which of the two Disney princesses do you think are the best looking? Two. There's if a you had to go, we, frozen yeah, chicks. I know, but you have to narrow it down to two. That's LeBron versus Jordan. Everybody other than your Kobe guy out there has basically narrowed it down to LeBron versus Jordan. So that's how this thing started. I was like, what's LeBron versus Jordan of other industries or other areas? I don't even know who the high. I think Ariel is one. Well, the uh, assuming of that a she's a woman with a fishtail. Yeah, but I'm saying Ariel post tail because I don't think Ariel as a mermaid would be in the top two because she doesn't have legs. And, What's you know, wrong with can, that? Uh, once again, you show your bigotry. So I'm anti. I'm anti mermaids. I'm so pro. What, she's got a fish bottom, and no one knows how to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm anti. Fi- I'm anti fish bottoms. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. With I you. guess she'd have to lay her eggs, and then you would come to inseminate them over there, like like it would be like a separate kind of thing. This is just amazing to think about. But yes, I think like how, I'm trying. That's how fish have sex. I think that's right. Yeah, and also honestly, how some people have kids—you got the true. eggs, and then you got the production of the sperm, and they never actually meet uh, organically. So yeah, second, that would be a second place. Hmm, who was who was like who would had a, like a solid build? Mulan solid. I mean, I don't think. I, all right, I'm going to knock Snow White out of the running just based on that hairstyle. I can't go with the Snow White hair. That's not a good look. She looks um, good though. She's got she's got 1930s curves. I'll tell you, Cinderella. I think was uh, was was pretty hot. On I think Pocahontas was really good looking. Yeah, I'd say Pocahontas was Mulan a girl. Was that the whole premise? I might go with. Mulan. Was she a princess? I don't know if she was a princess. They all. I haven't up. seen Mulan. They Every woman in a Disney royalty. movie ends up being a princess somehow. That's there's yeah. an argument to be made there. I think. Uh, I yeah oh yeah we the other with other big debate but I'm trying to think now I think probably the two best looking Disney princesses are Ariel and Pocahontas who am I missing out there that everybody would be like oh I can't believe you're not giving enough respect I'm gonna check Twitter right now there's no oh, telling what about the chick with the arrow the redhead from Brave yeah. I haven't seen Brave either, but I, I think that she is not anywhere near as good looking as. I mean, I think Ariel is a stone cold vixen smoke show, and like this is uh, you have. Do you go to Disneyland with your kids? I try to avoid it. I've I've done it maybe once or twice, and only lasted like twenty minutes. Well, the reason why I would bring I this Disneyland. up is you can't, it doesn't surprise me, me that it doesn't surprise me that you hate Disneyland. I've taken my kids to Disneyland, Disney World. Like I was raised in a Disney family, uh, so we went to uh, we went to Disney a lot. But when you go around, they have the characters who are walking around, like playing the role. And Ariel is legitimately the hottest at every dead. You know what? Actually, I'll give you another one too. I feel like we may be sleeping on Belle uh, from Beauty and the oh, Beast. Oh yeah. Yeah, she she she's into bestiality. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a saving grace or if that uh, or if that's uh, there's a lot of complaints by the way now. Uh, Jasmine from Aladdin. Jasmine was pretty hot. I said Jasmine, but you know oh, that's that's a little less conventional. The, I mean, the I, other... I, I have a big nose. You know, Jasmine's got a pretty big nose too. I don't know how we're gonna ha- kiss each other. Oh, that's a, that's an issue for you. Well, uh, by the way, tilt. 
the, by the way, the other big debate we got into was Chick-fil-A versus, uh, versus everybody. So Chick-fil-A was the, uh, the fast food restaurant I think is the best, and that was the, uh, that was the breakdown. Well, out a here lot in of California, Jasmine, we have all kinds of stuff you guys don't have. So. That's not as good. Uh, Jasmine, huh. from Alad- Jasmine from Aladdin is getting a lot of love on Twitter right now. You can tag me or Petros right now as we break down uh, LeBron versus MJ of the Disney princesses. That's a, maybe that's a topic for tomorrow. Maybe we come on and we make our case about which... Uh, but I think the first thing you have to do is narrow it down to two, and then you open up the phone lines and allow everybody to make their case. Um, yeah, tweet the my other thing- Twitter out. It'll make me more popular. At Petros and Money, uh, I will tweet it out. All right, so um, the other thing I was asking is 27 straight missed threes by the Rockets. Mm. Pretty unbelievable at home in Game 7, given the circumstances that's never happened before in any NBA playoff game. If I put you in a gym and there's no rush, but you get 27 threes from an NBA three-point line, how many do you think you could hit? Maybe one. Oh, really? You're a bad shooter? My shoulders are wrecked. I, I can barely throw a football. But no, I'm not a good shooter. But I can rebound. You you can take up space. Did you play I, a lot of basketball when you were at SC? No. Well, a little bit. They used to make us play to uh, condition. condition. And yeah. I used to be able to do some, some weird things on the basketball court. But that's I mean, you can day. dunk, right? Like you can dunk with ease when you played at USC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, in order to be as fab, I mean, you ran a four five. Generally, if you can run a four five, you can dunk. Because I ran a four three, Clay. Four three. I mean, uh, the fastest. You think you're the fastest Greek man? Is there a faster Greek man than you? There's a guy that won the two hundred in the Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, but he was all juiced up. But what does that matter? Yeah, I I didn't. Uh, I I did. Oh, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, it, you said you were nude earlier, so the Greek Olympics were in nude uh, initially. Um, so uh, that all ties in with uh, with everything else here. That's um, brilliant radio, Clay. You tied it in. A naked running Greek. I can't run or jump anymore. Anymore yeah. at all. So, but you do have uh, you do have yoga coming up. How's that going? It's going fine, Clay. Uh, today's another another class. I go every day. I I'm, I can talk about the anthem. I promise. You don't have to vamp for me or come up with weird things. No, no, no. My, my my question on the anthem before we we got into the Disney princesses for you was this. Uh, you didn't I, get I into think... that for me. You got into it for yourself. You were talking about well, the different things. Don't try to put this on me. Uh, the LeBron versus uh the Jordan of other industries I think is actually a lot more interesting than LeBron versus uh LeBron versus Jordan but certainly for less, the anthem it's certainly much more original I do, yes for the anthem I don't think when you really break it down that we've done a very good job breaking it down in this respect and I did it in hour 2 uh when I talked to some of the TV people they say that they lost $600 million, over $600 million off their expected budgets based on the ratings being down as much as they were for the regular season in the NFL last year. And I said one of the problems with this is the way player contracts work, there's a disconnect between what they make and what fans think of them. And what I mean by that is you sign these multi-year television contracts which guarantee the team money and the players get 47% of that money, but it's not set every year, right? It's not as if if you're selling cars, you don't get a guaranteed contra- contract probably for car sales because every year you got to produce. 
And if you found out that your car sales were going down 20% and your income was down 20% and there was no other reason other than the fact that you were doing something, uh, interjecting politics into your job, I think most car salesmen out there would be like, man, I'm never talking about politics again. I said on this show, if you told me that if I mention anything political, I make 20% less money, I would never mention anything political at all on this show again. And I would guard against it. If players were seeing that $600 million come out of their paychecks, is there any doubt that the protest and the anthem controversy and everything else would be gone immediately? No, not, not really. I don't think there's any doubt. And I think that that's the most pragmatic way to look at it for people because there's so much, and you're still banging your head against a wall, it doesn't matter, because there's so much emotion on both sides of the of the fringe argument which is which is kind of the the vocal minority on on both sides and this one too which is i want to take a knee to protest police brutality you don't know what it's like shut up and let me protest and the other one is you're taking a knee disrespects the military service of people who have given their time and lives for your freedom and so on and so forth the middle part of it is, you know, I work at a company. They have a budget for advertising because that's what we sell. Uh, if we don't make our budget, they make changes. Yes. Uh, if we don't make our budget, they tweak. Uh, if we don't make our budget, they come up with excuses like, well, you know, the Dodgers weren't good or, you know, we had this that we had to deal with. I mean, it's a drastic thing. And even though the NFL makes money hand over fist, they made less than they're used to making last year. And that doesn't project well for business people. I'm not smart, but I understand that part of business. Also, the other part of it is, you know, none of us get to protest at our jobs. Maybe we ought to. Maybe that's changing. I'm not, I'm not saying the protest is illegitimate. I'm just saying I don't under, understand how the NFL has let this train leave the station and has not controlled it properly or handled it well at all. Uh, you point out all the time the way the NBA handles it, and everybody seems to get their say politically in the NBA, and they don't have this problem. Uh, you know my solution. I think it's weird because the military is a big advertiser with the NFL, and the NFL doesn't want to piss off an advertiser. And they do the anthem because that advertiser exists. They didn't do it with the players out there before that. So, I mean, I don't even know why we have to do the anthem in the first place. They don't play the anthem if you go to a concert and, and sit at Staples Center or, or the or a movie. You know, they don't do it. Yeah. Uh, because you're paying, it's a private event. So, no, I agree with you in general. I think it's about money. I mean, I think that the NFL believes that they'll make more money if they play the anthem than if they don't. And I said I would do it on no, my if show. If they were making money because people were kneeling, they'd want everybody to kneel. Yes, that's, you know that's the bottom line. If it's such an emotional argument for people that are emotional about it, I'm not on either side. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not a, a black man, uh, and I not a, I don't have a military background. Uh, I'm not emotional about it on either side. If everybody was kneeling with their fists up and that was making money, and there was a bunch of advertisers that loved it, then they'd be doing that. Yes. No, you're right. Hey, good luck with the daughter. I hope she goes back to sleep. Thanks for getting up early with us, and we'll talk to you next week. I'm out of here, dude. She can scream all. (laughs) Let her cry like the Hootie song.
Uh, the Dolphins uh, made her cry, indeed. Uh, that's Petros Papadakis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 